Welcome to Alex Anderson's Quilt Connection, dedicated to educate, inspire, and grow today's quilting community. Hi, I'm Alex Anderson, and welcome to the Quilt Connection. This is episode number 31. Recently, I had the wonderful fortune to hang out with my girlfriend, Cindy Carvello. Cindy works at Alden Lane Nursery and is uh, not a quilter, but Cindy is the person who is responsible for quilting in the garden every year at Alden Lane. And throughout these different quilt shows that Alden Lane has hosted throughout the years, she has really grown to love and respect quilts. I think she might be a closet quilter and isn't telling me. But anyways, um, she's a master gardener. She called me up and she said, hey, let's go into the DeYoung and see the quilts of G's Bend. And I was like, great, let's get it on the calendar. Well, time was tight for both of us, but we managed to get a Friday where we could both go. So we took off for our most unusual and excellent adventure. For those of you who are not familiar with the quilts of G's Bend, a little history is that um, they're made from several generations of African-American women quilt makers. The quilters are descendants of generations of slaves who worked at the Petaway Plantation at G's Bend's. And um, it seemed that this group of people placed themselves in this part of Alabama after the Civil War and stayed there and became a really tightly knit community. During the Great Depression, they were one of the poorest places in the United States and singled out for federal relief programs. Because of this, one of the byproducts was extensive documentation of the G-spans in the 30s by two farm security photographers. And, you know, the fact that they have these pictures is almost miraculous. And the fact that these pictures have been put together with the quilts just makes it an incredibly rich exhibit. The exhibit is running through the end of December. In fact, it was supposed to end in November, but it got held over a month. And there's one set of quilts there now that will run to the end of September and then another set of quilts that will be coming to round out the end of the exhibit. So anyway, Cindy showed up at my doorstep at 8.30 in the morning and off we went to San Francisco. I was the driver. We got to the DeYoung, got an excellent parking space. Um, they have parking right underneath the building itself, so it's not like you're fishing around trying to find a place to park. And we went into the exhibit. And I would say we were there minutes after it opened. So we heard that there was a half-hour film that went with it, and we dashed back to see the film first. It was really quite astonishing to be able to watch these women explain their passion for quilting. And um, the women of G's Bend were and are very, very spiritual women. And many times they would sit around the quilt frame and sing spirituals as they stitched away. And what was so interesting and really touched my heart was that 
I sat down on a bench uh, right next to an African-American woman, a young woman, I would say in her 20s. And as the women in the film started singing, the gal next to me started singing along with it. And I have to tell you, that was like a goosebump moment. And what you saw in this 30-minute documentary was that truly these people had nothing. Everything they used, they had, I mean, there was no throwing out a pair of jeans because it didn't fit, you know. It was just used and used and used and used till there was nothing left to use. And the quilts were made of garments. The quilts that had been cut up, the quilts were made of fabric that had been used for something else. The quilts are incredibly graphic, and I find it interesting because when I started quilting, I was very drawn to the Amish quilts, as I spoke to Gwen about in the previous um, episode, and these had and have the same sort of graphic feel. So I'm struck by their um, graphic nature and also by the fabrics that were used. There was one particular quilt that really got me thinking, and it was a quilt of men's blue jeans pant legs. And the fabric had holes in it. It was worn. And I sat there, and I looked at these uh, pieces of cloth that were once blue jeans and realized the blood and the sweat and the toil of the men who wore this. They were um, cotton pickers. And so it was just so incredible that this part of history back in the 30s, in the 40s, um, that we forget about. Thank you, Gwen Marston, for the reminder to not forget our past. And um, there it was. There were the pieces of cloth stitched together in a quilt. There were also quilts made from corduroy, and corduroy became big in the early 70s. Uh, these people were commissioned to do, I believe they said pillow shams for Sears, and they made pillow shams, but then they took the extra corduroy and once again made very graphic quilts out of the corduroy. And it was funny because Cindy goes, um, I don't remember corduroy in the 70s, and I said, well, I had cord pants, didn't you? And she's like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And the thing you have to appreciate is that these quilts were not tied. They were stitched. And so there were these big stitches, but they were going through all this layer of fabric, you know, jeans, corduroy. And, of course, there were some cottons also. I would love to put pictures on my website of some of these quilts. I bought the beautiful book that uh, went along with this exhibit. But more than that, I love my freedom and would um, not want to end up in jail for copyright issues. So what I'm going to do is put a link to the DeYoung on my site and so you can go to their site and just get a taste of the whole thing. 
So anyways, we were done looking at the exhibit. A ton of quilters had come in. And right when we were about to exit, after I bought my book, we noticed there was this back room. And you go in this back room in the De Young, and there are these drawers. And in the drawers, you pull out, and there are different textiles that are encased in glass. And apparently, they have a really great textile um, group there, and they rotate these drawers out. Then there's also a textile library that you need an appointment to get into, but Cindy and I are going to get an appointment, and we're going to go into that library because it was just filled with books. I mean, I can't wait to see what is there in that library. So when we were done with the exhibit, Cindy said, let's go over to the conservatory. That's the white building that has glass all around it in um, Golden Gate Park. Now, Cindy, I want you to understand right now is training for a marathon that she's going to do with her sisters. So she's prepared to walk 28 miles. Well, I wasn't prepared to work out that day in Golden Gate Park, but we proceeded to walk all over the place because we couldn't find the building. But what was really neat was as we were walking along, Cindy would show me different plants. And like, for instance, there was this one giganto plant, giganto. The leaves were, you know, 10 feet wide. And she said, those plants go back from to the dinosaur period. She said, look at all the little thorns on them. That is what has kept them around and alive for so long. And in fact, these were the plants that they used in Golden Gate Park, I mean, in Jurassic Park. And so we went over there, and she showed me all these wonderful plants and could explain them to me. And what was so neat was that so many of the things in the conservatory kind of run down the same line as in quilt making. I mean, the different colors, the different textures, the different feels. So Cindy said, I want to see the Monet exhibit. So we trek back to the de Young, and... Um, well, actually, that's over at the other museum in town, the Palace Legion of Honor. And I looked at her and I said, well, I'm game. I'll go. And the guy said, well, there's a shuttle bus that runs every half hour. So we jumped on the shuttle bus, bus and went over there. And we saw the works of Monet. Oh, just fabulous. Okay, so now we've gone from quilting to master art of, you know, hundreds, hundred years ago or, you know, more than that. And, um, all of a sudden I look at Cindy and I go, I'm hungry. And when I get hungry, I'm hungry. So I know that there is a pretty uh, restaurant downstairs there. So we went downstairs and it was a cafeteria. I always get a little nervous at cafeterias. I don't know about you, but, um, we decided to split a sandwich and split a gushy chocolate dessert. It was so good. It was like gourmet cafeteria food, if that's even possible. So we ate that. It was about oh, two in the afternoon. And I was telling her about Union Street, not Union Square, but Union Street. And she wanted to go see it. And then she looked at me and she said, have you been to the pirate store? Oh my gosh, there's a pirate store in San Francisco? No, Cindy, I have not been to the pirate store. And so she said, we're going to go. It's on 19th. Well, I know how to get to 19th because I went to San Francisco State University. Well, she needed the address. Well, she called information and asked for the pirate store. Well, I think the person on the end, other end thought that um, she'd eaten some of that Jurassic Park plant or something. <laughs> I don't know. But anyways, um, 
It turned out it um, is called, we found out with great detective work, it's called 826 Valencia. And it's on 19th Street, not 19th Avenue. So we went over there and I felt like I was at home. This store is so cool. And really what it is, is it's a storefront to a writing kind of workshop place. And um, there are people there who sit and look at a fish named Carl in a little closet, and then they write about Carl. Um, there are drawers that you dig in, and in the drawer you might find glass eyeballs, you know, pirate stuff. Um, and then there's like pirate clothing. Well, this I do have a picture on my website. I was in hog heaven. It was just, I mean, you know, I'm part pirate. More on that later. And so when we were sadly leaving that store, Cindy said, well, we can't leave without leaving, without going to the store next door. And that was a taxidermy store. You know, I've never quite seen a taxidermy store like this one. It was quite unusual, I would say. It was not only a taxidermy store, but it was a garden store. I think that's probably how she found it. And you walk in this store and it is the craziest thing I have ever seen in my life. Of course, there were taxidermy animals all over the place. And some were like conjoined. So you might have like a cat with a dog or something like that. And then there were like little, you know, I, I think I may get in trouble for this podcast. If, I'm, if I've gone too far, I want you to come to my website and write to me at... Um, the quilt connection link. So you can tell me if I've gone over the edge, but anyways, they had, you know, day of the dead, November 1st, where, um, in Mexico, they dress up, um, they make little shrines and they had like little taxidermy things like that. I, I was fascinated. I just, I, I couldn't get over it, but then you go through this part of the store and you go back and there's a garden. Now in San Francisco, real estate is very expensive and they had this darling little garden in the back that was very, very small, but actually had two water-related things going on there. And it was a little bridge you could go from one water thing to another. But what was so cool was that on the ground, they had tumbled dishes. I've never seen anything like it in my life, but if you think of tumbled glass... It was the same thing, only it was old plates and I don't know what, but they'd been broken up and tumbled. And you run your foot through it, and the noise that it made was just incredible. So I would have to say we spent probably 45 minutes in the taxidermy store, and then it was time to go home. But I want to note that when we walked outside of the taxidermy store, there was a vet across the street. I did see the humor in that and was glad that I didn't have to make that decision four weeks ago. <laughs> but anyways, we were laughing our brains out through this whole trip. It was so much fun. I mean, from the seriousness of um, the G's Ben's history to, you know, what was going on in painting so long ago to, hey, a pirate store to a taxidermy uh, it was just great. And so we were driving home. Traffic was kind of thick. That's what happens when you go out of San Francisco at five or so in the afternoon. 
And we got to um, my house, and we were getting out of the car, and Cindy looks at me and said, did that drive wear you out? And I looked at her, and I said, no, Cindy, you did. But anytime, anywhere, you call me up, and I am with you, girlfriend. So, my friends, if you have some sort of unusual event in your area, take advantage of it. Grab someone who likes to have fun and do things kind of in an unusual way. And I promise you, it will help and affect your creativity. I keep thinking about that day and I'm just astounded at how wonderful it was. And in fact, I did run into a few quilters from out of state, not at the taxidermy store, but at the exhibit. And it was great chatting with them. So until we meet, and it might be at the Pirate Star, happy quilting. For more quilting information and inspiration, please visit us at alexandersonquilts.com.